strangers, we are back. Year two, episode one. Welcome to Press for Time, the Gaming Age podcast. I am your host, Benny Rose, and joining me as always, and the best man that anybody could ever ask for in a podcast, Mr. Tyler Nethers. That is a fantastic intro, and I will do my best to live up to those high expectations you set. <laughs> oh, please. So, man, it's uh, it's been a minute, but, you know, we're, we got a lot to talk. So, yeah. I mean, we just might as well cut to the chase. We're going to make this episode post-E3-centric because we are, I'd say, about a week yeah. out of E3, give or take, you know, a couple days. And, um, you know, by the time this posts, it'll be about a week. So, a lot, a lot happened. A lot, we saw a lot, you know, and... Um, we have the opportunity to talk two different perspectives because as you know, I was fortunate enough to attend E3. Um, and this was actually my first show ever and was really excited to be given the opportunity to do that. And I can say that it was interesting in a lot of ways and we'll, we'll break some of that stuff down. But um, I thought it would be a really good opportunity for us to kind of go back and forth with what we enjoyed, what we were expecting that we didn't get, um, you know, what we thought of some of the trailers, the press conferences, you know, <laughs> so we'll, we can save that for the end. But, uh, you know, I want to get your feelings from being at home because that's something that I'm so used to being, you know, yeah, that person as well that watches it, you know, on, on a Twitch stream and, you know, we would have somebody like uh, a former guest, Anthony Parisi, would be at the show. This year was actually the first year he did not attend. So I did attend uh, for Gaming Age solo. So it was a little weird. Um, you know, it's a strange show to kind of go to by yourself because yeah. almost every outlet that's there has at least two, maybe three people there. So, you know, it was a lot of work. I did everything I could. Um Big shout out to the guys at Gaming Age, the, the entire team, uh, Stan in particular, for doing a lot of the coverage as the shows happened. It was really oh, yeah. difficult for me to do any of that because the service out there is rough, and it was even worse when you're in the uh, in the theaters and stuff. So thank you, Stan, for all the support. You know, everybody else on the team has been very helpful with that. You, of course, as well. So yeah. No, Stan was killing it, man. He did so much stuff. He had so much content that he was putting out um, while the shows were going on. Like he was, he had a Google Doc and he was just updating it. I mean, every everything that happened, he was updating it and making sure that if anybody was missing anything, that they got to, you know, got to get filled in. So he did a great job this year. So definitely, definitely worth a shout out to him. Absolutely. So where would you like to begin? <laughs> Oh man, just how, I mean, just how was it? How was the, the energy and the atmosphere and everything else? I mean, I know you don't have a frame of reference going from it being a closed event to being an open pub, public event, excuse me. Um, but how, just how was it? What was the experience like being out there? Well, for me, the biggest uh, thing to bring out right away is traditionally uh, the E3 show floor is open from... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, usually three days, but you have potentially two, three days of 
the press conferences and stuff like that prior. So this year, everything, every, everything started on Saturday with EA Play, EA's press conference. Then we moved into Sunday. Microsoft did theirs a lot earlier than usual. They did it at 1 p.m. Um, California time. Then we had Bethesda. And uh, then we had Monday with Sony, Ubisoft, uh, Devolver. Um, Limited Run had a, uh, a web webcast. And then Tuesday morning was Nintendo. So there's a lot going on. It, it ends up being a week almost of just content and attending stuff. But for me, I was only on the show floor for Tuesday because I ended up taking a red eye home that night uh, to come home for, with my wife for our 15 year anniversary. So for me, it was actually really good because the way they structured it this year was on Tuesday uh, from the doors opening at 11 AM to 2 PM, it was industry only. So it was still crazy crowded. There was a lot of influencers, a lot of outlets there. So it was still pretty heavy on traffic, but it, was, it wasn't it was uncomfortable from like what I've heard uh, last year where everybody was kind of mushed in there, which I think happened on Wednesday. I think Wednesday when they opened, everybody came in at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you, you can imagine the chaos with that. Oh, yeah. So it, it, was, it, was, it was definitely a challenge because, you know, I only have a day to, to do appointments. I had to be, I couldn't be, I don't want to say I was choosy, but I had to be very careful on, you know, what appointments I scheduled and make sure that I kind of grabbed a very amount of things instead of just kind of hoping for the big guns and then leave all the indies out. Right. Um, A challenge with that, unfortunately, with schedules getting crazy, stuff getting pushed back. I had to cancel a couple of things last minute and I feel terrible about that, but you know, I made sure to notify, and that's something that I give a lot of credit to anybody that takes the time to communicate that. Because I've learned that, you know, the PR, we know they work really hard at what they do. And this is like the toughest time of the year for them because all eyes are on the companies that they're supporting, and their communication is key, making sure that they have everything set the right way. So, you know, I've read stories through Twitter, through my other, you know, um, industry uh, colleagues. That's the first thing that they say, you know, respect your PR teams because at the end of the day, without them, we have nothing. So, you know, there's a lot of people that flake out. They don't, they just don't go to appointments and that screws everything up. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy I was able to try to give the best amount of time I could, you know, if that makes sense. But it was definitely a struggle. Um, I think I did pretty good considering the time I had, the amount of appointments. I would say I would 15, 13, 13 to 15 appointments total were booked. And I would say about maybe 13 um, I was able to successfully you know, attend. So it was a long, grueling day. Yeah. But uh, was it worth it? Absolutely. It was an experience and a half. And... You know, for me, the experience really was the the press conferences to kind of sit there and be the first person to see, you know, whether it be a reveal or something that even, you know, Walmart Canada leaked. Yeah. Something that you get that that first, you know, eye. It seems a little different than when you're watching it, you know, on Twitch. Oh, yeah. But uh, But it's the same as like concerts, man. Like you want to go and be at a concert. 
I can sit and listen to the songs on an album all day, or I can sit and watch somebody recording the concert. But I, you, you want to be there and have the experience, so that's huge. Agreed. And um, the big thing with that too is this was a rough year in the sense of there wasn't as many surprises because we live in this digital age where everything leaks. Yep. And you know, which I would say the majority of the big stuff we knew about already. Yeah. So you know, it made it took a little bit away from that, but it was still an enjoyable experience. So. What was your take on, you know, just seeing some of these press conferences be handled a little differently, you know, than usual? It was all, it was all different. I mean, for me, it was probably the weakest E3 showing that I've seen, at least from a, a sitting at home perspective. Um, there are a lot of, a lot of games I'm really excited about, but nothing that had that magical, like, pow. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Microsoft announced a new Halo. Okay, we've been playing Halo for as long as I've been playing video games. That's and it's kind of and it was expected, almost. right? Like, yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, we got a new Gears of War. Okay, again, that's really cool. But whatever. Um, Bethesda's conference hashtag what hashtag Player One or whatever that they did in September or November of last year. Where they're save player one, save player yeah. one, and then they came out like, hey, you know this uh, Doom, this uh, or not Doom, it was uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah. We do Wolfenstein, yeah. this great single player thing, but let us tell you about the new multiplayer. Oh, hey, you know that game Prey you really like with that really cool single player campaign? Let us tell you about this multiplayer. Hey, you guys remember Fallout? That crazy RPG that's massive, full of quests, full of awesome stuff? Let me tell you about this multiplayer. You remember Elder Scrolls? You know, you know Elder Scrolls. We already did multiplayer Elder Scrolls. Now let's do Elder Scrolls on your phone and multiplayer. Here you go. I mean, <laughs> like, it, I mean, you hit it on, you hit it right, right on it, right on the nail. That was like perfect. I mean, look, I think Bethesda threw on a great show. They built the excitement, but now that you say it, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it was. It was kind of a complete 180. I mean, you know, you think about the times, you think about the business model, the structure. That's what people are doing. You know, everybody's playing online. Everybody's playing multiplayer. I get it. Um, it was a bold statement last year, but I think they did really well with the execution. Agreed. You know, the, other, the other big factor was almost everything that they announced last year came out the same year. And was they, incredibly well received. Right. Wolfenstein was great. Prey was great. Fallout, there are people that didn't like Fallout 4, but I thought Fallout 4 was yeah, really I good. I very much enjoyed it. So it, it was just very weird to see them go from, I mean, seriously, it was hashtag save player one. That was a huge deal from Bethesda. They were like, no, all this multiplayer is getting ridiculous. You, you got to have the single player story. You got to have that single player campaign. But now it's just like, hey, we, no, we didn't do that. We're kidding. The two biggest things, <laughs> yeah, the two biggest things were um, the two 10-second title teasers that they gave us, and God knows if those are actually going to be single-player games or not. You know what I mean? It's it's like, right. uh, and I they keep saying next gen. next gen, yeah, next gen. So what are we going to see them in four years? 
I'd, uh, I'd rather they just didn't show me. <laughs> just just do what you did with Fallout. Hey, look, new Fallout game, and it's coming out. There was a lot of that, though. There was a lot of that across all the press conferences. Hey, look at this new game that we're doing, or hey, look at this new DLC. It's available tonight. You know what I mean? Like they did Unravel, that Prey DLC was available right away. There was a bunch of stuff that was just like, this is so cool, this is so cool, and go home and play it. Right. With the exception of almost everything else being 2019. Yeah, 2019 which or was, beyond. Which, right, which was last year all over again. You know, we had a lot of delays, but then we had a lot of just next year stuff. You know, and it, it's fine. The games need to be polished and all that other stuff. But for me, if you know you're pushing your game, hold it back. You know, like there are certain games that I was really excited to see more from. And they didn't even show up for E3. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm frustrated because it's like, eh, you know, I want to know what the hell's going on with this game. But at the same time, all right, hopefully you're working on it. Which is kind of what Resident Evil was at a point where we just didn't hear anything about it. People were like reading stuff on, you know, on Reddit and all oh, the games in development hell, stuff like that. And then we get not only a trailer, we get to play it, you know, at the show. So it just goes to show you it's it's tough to to gauge, but when you have so many titles that have been announced over the last couple of years, and there's no progress reports on them, it's pretty scary. Yeah. You know, Final Fantasy is another one I know a lot of people were disappointed at, but they were it's almost expected that they weren't going to talk about it. Yeah. You know, because it's been really hush hush, and it's going to get the Kingdom Hearts treatment now. Right. Because now the Kingdom Hearts has a release date. It's real, everyone. By the way, it's real. <laughs> I saw it in front of my eyes. It's real. I, I did not get to play it, unfortunately, but it's real. Um, you know, we're going to have that wait now for Final Fantasy and, you know, maybe in a year or two, you'll get the game if we're lucky. Yeah. So, but you know, I was really was... hoping to see a game that I was really anticipating actually showing a little more this year was uh, Biomutant. And yes. that was just it was yeah. silent. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing, no ideas, just some, whoo, it'll come out someday. Well, another game that we both are anticipating, Darksiders. Same yeah. thing. Yep. Limbo. So, I mean, again, you know, I know that there's a lot going on, there's a lot we don't know, but at the same time, you know, Crackdown, perfect example. They sent that game to die. Pretty much. It's like, seriously, there's nothing that's going to save it at this point. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's going to come out. Here's the release date. Yeah, we don't care. Like, that's Terry it. Cruz isn't enough to save it, and I love him. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, that's it's not enough. Nope. It's like throwing Arnold on the game and being like, yeah, his name will sell the game. We don't live in that world anymore, in my opinion, where, you nope. know, an actor can, like, pull a franchise game that really has no credibility. I mean, Crackdown has credibility. But Crackdown 3 has just got nothing but bad blood, you know, from yeah. just constant delays. The game has looked different, you know. Every time you've seen trailers. it. Every time you've seen it, it's a totally different game. Yeah. So the character looked nothing like him before, and now they made him look like him. Yeah. It's I mean, like, last year it looked nothing like him. Last year. It had a voice, that was it. And then this year it's just like a, oh, no, it's, it's Terry Crews. He's here. I don't, I don't know. I just they they really did. They sent that game to die. They're just like, let's get this out of the way and show the games that we're actually excited about and know we're gonna, you know, 
get out there and make yeah. some money. True, true. So let's talk top three of E3 that you either were surprised about, saw gameplay for the first time, or just, you know, were completely wowed with whatever they showed. A really easy three. Um, and they're all just... <laughs> and the joke right now is they're reskins of the same game being released three times. Um, but... They're my three most anticipated games out of E3. I'm definitely I'm on the list. I'm reviewing the three. It's going to be Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, From Software, doing some sweet ninja stuff, and we'll talk about that in a minute. We've got Neo 2, which was the biggest surprise for me. Um, that's that's the trailer that made me go like, Oh! Oh! That, that's awesome! And then uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is going to be uh, you know Sony-exclusive. The gameplay that they actually showed on Sony's stage was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted it to be when they announced it. Um, it looks like it's going to be very, very good. So those three games are definitely my highlights of E3 this year. Cool. Now, they're all slated for 2019 as far as we know, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it's crazy that we got a lot of uh, like Japanese-influenced games. Yeah. You notice that that I thought it was cool. Um, we could talk about Shadows Die if you want, because I'm really intrigued by it. It's funny because I've been following the Facebook page since the first teaser, yep. and they had 32 likes until that trailer, and then it started spiking. So mm-hmm. I was watching it climb because people now knew what it was. Yep. But um, I was I was watching some videos, and it looks like it's going against the entire formula that you know and love. Uh, to an ex- to an extent. To an extent, uh, so it looks like there, it's not going to be an RPG. There's not going to be stats right. or upgrades or anything like that. Um, it's going to be kind of a straightforward, just you play. You are this named character. You actually play a character as opposed to creating one. Um, and you're kind of set in your abilities and your weapons and the the style that you're playing. You can't do builds like you can in Dark Souls where, you know. But if you look at it, Bloodborne was a little closer to that too. Um, you, you still had builds you could do, but there were really only three routes you could take. You're either going to level strength and use a heavy weapon, or you're going to level, you're going to go to the dex route and do that, or you're going to go arcane and you're going to use the abilities. It's not, it wasn't as in-depth as Dark Souls. With the, you know, within sorcerers, you can be different kinds of sorcerers. Within strength builds, you can be different kinds. You can have quality builds, dex builds. Um, and Bloodborne's my favorite game. So, I have a lot of faith in their ability to handle it well. And the most important thing for me in a Souls game is that combat, the the fairness, the fair but hard, you know, um, where you, you learn enemies' move sets and you learn how to move your character appropriately to, you know, succeed in combat. So combat and, you know, big bosses and beautiful areas to explore. And this looks like it's going to have all of that. And they said they've gone back to a Dark Souls 1 formula where the entire world is interconnected and layered on top of itself. And I just obviously got done playing the Dark Souls remaster again and again and again and again to do the review for Gaming Age, which went up today. Um, And was again just every time I play that game, I'm blown away by how tight everything is and just how connected the world is. 
Right. Sure, you've got the weird outliers, and you've got a couple spots that you go to that are like, oh, okay, that's not really connected, it's a long way back. But once the map is opened up, you you can get everywhere from Firelink. It's it's all right there. All of it. It's all that close. Um, so, just the the level design and how well thought out that is looks like if they do anything even close to that with Shadows Die Twice, it's going to be awesome. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm okay with the changes. I'm okay with them moving away from the RPG elements and stuff like that and moving towards more of just a single-player focused here-to-here. Um, maybe, it, maybe it won't pan out, but I am optimistic and excited. Awesome. Cool, cool. See, for me, it's weird because there was a ton of stuff, but, you know, I have to put my number one out there, right? I shouldn't even have to say it. Everybody knows. You know, King, Kingdom seen, Hearts. Seen Kingdom Hearts <laughs> in not one, but two different press conferences. Yeah. Two different trailers. Uh, yeah, sold. Mm-hmm. Sold. Um, seeing English trailers was a big deal for me. Uh, the voice acting is what it is. You know, I had a conversation with Jim. He's like, voice acting is pretty terrible. Like, kind of always was. So it's oh, a yeah. pleasure. You know, but there's so much more depth to it. And uh, to see all of these hardcore influencers that have been been there since the beginning, they were able to play the game uh, like a month ago at a special event. Mm-hmm. And then them talking about it and then seeing fans like influencers and then just public playing the game at E3 and just seeing the sheer excitement, you know, and in a game that a lot of people have made fun of over the years because it's, weird you know the story makes no sense to most people and it's very you know it's it's out there but you know there's there's diehard fans like me that just there's something about it that has stuck with us for years and um seeing that release date come up uh saturday evening uh when they announced it at the orchestra was just like jaw-dropping because i'm like all right i have to wait a little longer, but it's real. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not being told 2019. I'm being told January 2019 with a date. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Um, Resident Evil, easily my number two because, again, a game I knew existed, but we didn't know if we were going to get it. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs in that conference, first row with uh, – almost the entire cheap-ass gamer uh, group, GPD, Shipwreck, and Thorbon. And I was just, it's Resident Evil! Because they, you know, you had that first-person video, and you, you see the rat, you know, and you don't know what's going on. As soon as they heard, like, the struggle, I got the goosebumps. I got the chills. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is really happening. So that was, like, a big deal for me. And then, you know, I got the email when I left the presser from my PR contact, and they said... Now that the game's been announced, we can tell you the game that you scheduled yourself for is Resident Evil. So that was super exciting. So to be able to play it, see that they went back to the roots, they took a lot of the formulas that worked for games like Resident Evil 4. They have you know they have a lot of inspiration and influence from the original Resident Evil 2 game, but you can tell they're using the newer engine. And um, the biggest thing is that it feels properly paced. Like, I, you know, you, I almost expected to Leon to sprint and run 
like he would, and he was very sluggish. But I like that because the games were slower back then. Mm-hmm. The zombies were slower, so the environment, everything felt different. So I think they found a way to put a balance on that because as zombie games come out, they run faster and faster, and I'm just over it. You know, a perfect example. I played Days Gone at E3. Was not impressed. Really? At all. At all. That was a game that when I saw the trailer, and if you remember our older episodes when we talked with Parisi again, mm-hmm. uh, it was something that, you know, it's like, we don't know. This game might might die. Something might happen. We might not hear about it. It's not going to look as good as it did. Yeah. You know, perfect example is when you saw the bum rush of zombies in that initial trailer. Mm-hmm. It looked nothing like that. When oh, yeah. It looked... It didn't look bad, but again, I felt like I was getting Ubisoft, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I got a, uh, a Division Watch Dogs, you know, downgrade experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the game felt like a zombie game. That's fine. But nothing made me say, I got to play this game when it comes out. Right. So with Resident Evil, it, was, it felt different because, one, they went back to the puzzles. You know, they have the basic stuff of... You got to get the key. You got to talk to this guy. And, you know, they added more to the game so it felt fresh. Right. Um, and again, another January release. And just like you, my top three, I'm actually reviewing all three of my top three, too. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. So um, my third was the one of the biggest surprises for me, like Nio was for you, which was uh, Dying Light 2. I'm a huge Dying Light fan and still play it and still support it. And I have to, it's got to be my top, in my top three, because one, it looks awesome. It looks cleaner. It looks like they really listened to the fan feedback and they showed a lot of the changes that they've made to the map. There's a um, bigger overarching storyline where, you know, the actions you make with your character reflect the entire environment, Mm -hmm. not just the characters. So for example, you're living in this, modern medieval time you know it's like the they're calling it the modern dark ages so it's like a real city but it's you know everything is just archaic so you're you know you have very limited resources and you know everything is decayed and destroyed so at one point you know they showed a mission where you're able to um do a recon and you meet this guy and the guy is taunting you and letting you know that the person they sent before, he kind of got rid of them. So you have a, a decision, you know, do you side with him or do you, you know, get revenge on the other guy? And there's two distinctly different ways the entire game paces out from there. Hmm. So if you side, if you side with the guy, you end up selling resources and water on the black market and the industry, um, the industrial side of things become a little more, um, like darker, if that makes sense, because you only have certain parts of the city that have these resources and everybody's begging. And, but then if you kill the guy, um, you basically work with like the revolution, you know, the side that's trying to fix things. And then you end up finding out is they become like that crazy government and they start oppressing people and the city looks better, but then you have another rebellion after that because they're going against them and you see the city just changes. And that was like a big, big thing that, I wasn't sold on initially until they showed it. Yeah. So, you know, watching the gameplay, the parkour was something that was just a fundamental part of the game that I loved. They've really 
you know, up, uh, overhauled that and made it better. There's a lot of way of linking into buildings and using knives, like with curtains and sliding down the side of buildings. And uh, I can go on and on. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to play the game, but they did like a, a demo for us. Yeah. And uh, the demo was cool, too, because when they sat us in the room, um, they had like two guys dressed up that like deep out, uh, decked out a uh, zombie, you know, skins and everything like similar to the Resident Evil. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they would have us, them like snapping at us. Like they would be sitting next to us and they'd just be like, you know, it was pretty cool. And then they put like the, uh, the, the black light on yeah. and they would make them like run away. So it was kind of like cool that they just kind of threw the gimmick in there and, and yeah. made it interesting. Making so, it fun. For me, I'm yeah, I'm sold on all things like that, like Resident Evil, as you know, that whole little mini maze beforehand. Oh yeah, could have been terrible. It scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. Yeah, dude. dude. That's the first thing I said. I was watching the video. Now, if you haven't checked it out, it's on YouTube on uh, Gaming Ages YouTube channel. And you can see Benny going through the uh, little haunted house maze before Resident Evil Two, and the first zombie comes around that corner, and man, I could just hear in my head. I could hear you shriek. Like well, a child, well, <laughs> jump out of your I skin. Have to lower the audio. You know, I put the music in there just so like you don't hear me like freaking out. Like, it's like almost like a grunt. It's like, it, like the guy practically touched my phone. Oh no, I saw. Yeah, so I was like, oh my god. Oh and then yeah. The next one had me on my knees because <laughs> like she came swinging at me too. That's just, just crazy. It was, it was awesome. Like I felt like a child that was experiencing Resident Evil for the first time. And, you know, kudos to the companies that really take it to the next level. Well, it you shows know, they care. Right. They care and about they, more than just... what we like. Exactly. They care about more than just, hey, look at our game. It's like, hey, come, you're here. You, Some of you, like you, flew from across the country, literally as far away as you can be. You flew from there to come see this. So let's do something for you. Let's let's show you something cool. Let's give you a little more than what the people watching at home are going to get. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's really cool that th- those companies took the time to add something like that in, add that real aspect to it. Um, that's one of the best things I can say about Ubisoft. And uh, every time I've flown out to do a preview event with them for any game, um, they've always got it set up. There's always a theme. They've got, um, like, experts on whatever it is that the game's about like with assassin's creed they had all this all this crazy stuff and these videos and they would do these really cool intros and show you show you videos and just explain not just the game but where the game's set and you'd have this whole it's an experience beyond just hey come sit and play our video game and tell us what you think about it you know what i mean right Right. which some companies do and it's okay that you do that Oh yeah, because you know some people that's what they expect. Like, mm-hmm. like we want to come to an event, we want to play the game for four hours, eight hours. A game like that, it's a little different because you don't want to give the whole game away, obviously, and you want to make sure that they're, you're they're taking something memorable back. Yep. And I think a lot of other companies did it at E3 as well. You know, I didn't get to really walk the floor. Like you know, I skimmed through stuff that I wasn't you know scheduled for, but. You know, there was a lot going on, and obviously they do that every year. You know, they, yeah. they some companies go big. You know, Nintendo's got huge area. Sony's yep. got a huge area. Would you um, see uh, Fallout seventy six? They did the whole um, yes. reclamation day. They're like, yeah, you can't play the game, but 
come in here and dress up like a vault dweller, and we've got all these stations that will teach you how to be a vault dweller. And they did actual Reclamation Day there on the E3 show floor. So that's, again, they're like, hey, listen, there, there's no way we can let you play this game right now. But you're here. Come have fun. Let us give you an experience that nobody else is going to get. Right. Agreed. And I got to give them credit, too, with their press conference. You know, they had a pre-party and then they had the post-party for the show as well. And same thing. They had little little events that you can do on the side that let you play uh, Unreal. They let you play Elder Scrolls. Um, They were giving out Nuka-Cola again, which has been obsolete, you know, hasn't been available since last uh, two years ago. So, you know, Again, they, they care. They take that extra incentive to go above and beyond. You know, I know Bethesda was a little uh, shortcoming on, you know, games this year that were single-player focused because obviously we got two Wolfenstein games coming. Those are probably next year along with the uh, Doom Eternal and um, was the Sky- was the Elder Scrolls mobile game this year? Swords? Uh, or that, Blades. I don't remember. Blades, I don't remember Blades, either. Uh, I think the beta is this year. They're doing a Got beta it. for it, and then the actual game might launch. I'm not sure, though. Don't quote me on that. Oh. But we do have Rage. I'm excited for Rage. I was, I'm I was super excited for Rage. I love the first one. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. I mean, again, thanks to Walmart Canada. You know, we didn't get surprised. That would have been really cool. But um, at the same time, they... They went above and beyond with that. They showed a lot of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, was not able to play that. But uh, then we were uh, given a little performance by Andrew WK, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I got to sit, like, right behind them. That was awesome. I had, and, uh, uh, showing my age, I had to do a lot of Googling when that happened. Because I, 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 we were in the group chat with everybody from Gaming Age, and these guys come out and start playing. And I, I, I seriously, I sent a message, who the hell are these people? And why are they in my Bethesda conference? And Stan, bless his heart, goes, well, it's Andrew WK. Thanks, Stan. I don't know who that... <laughs> that doesn't help me. I clearly have no idea who this is. So I have to Google him. I'm like, oh, okay. I I still don't really know who you are, but I guess you're tied to the game because you did the trailer song. So right. awesome. I'll watch you, uh, watch you dance yeah, around on stage while the crowd awkwardly kind of claps. <laughs> It was weird because... It's super weird. Like, I, I started going back. You know, I'm the weirdo that goes back to the press conference streams, try to find myself, and, uh, you know, watching the crowd's reaction to them playing. Yeah. You saw a lot, you saw a lot of people that were just like, WTF, or... Yeah, like, uh, hey, where's my game at? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is cool, but let me see the video game. Thanks. <laughs> like, I feel like the performance would have been better maybe for the after party. You know, like yes. they've done that in the past. Yes. So It could have been better suited somewhere else. Right. But whatever. So, yeah. But, you know, to tie back, the top three easily are those. Uh, Dying Light is something I'm really looking forward to again, especially if the company supports the game the way they have continued to support the original. Which I'm sure they will. Still, it's, still, it's still supported. They're still putting content out. You know, we're three years out. Yeah. It's incredible, you know. So... Um, there was a lot of other stuff too, but those are the ones that really stuck out for me. So now let's talk about, hmm, what would you say was your biggest letdown 
game wise. Uh, Something that you saw that you're like, mm, you know, you weren't you weren't excited once you saw it. Um, I don't know. I was pretty let down by Microsoft's whole conference. And well, yeah, I know you were a fanboy for a very a long time. long time, a very very long time. And don't get me wrong, I always had both consoles. Um, but I was a I primarily played everything on the Xbox, and my PlayStation was just an exclusives machine. Um, now I'm primarily PC, and I play exclusives on my PS4. Um, but there's there's not a single thing that I have needed to purchase through the Windows Store. Uh, I have not had I've not owned an Xbox since getting my PC, um, and it's just sad to me to see that they've basically given up on this generation like the entire conference was hey yeah we've got this stuff coming out but just hold on because next generation we're gonna rock your socks off like okay yeah it's really cool halo it's really cool gears but where is the new like fire experience you know what i mean sony is just just banging them out like greatest of all time games they're just slinging them. Bloodborne, God of War, and, and Horizon. And no, 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 seriously. You've got Bloodborne, God of War, Horizon, Persona's really highly rated. I know that's not like a one-off special thing, but still, that's that's huge. Um, we've got Spider-Man coming this year, which is going to be, I think, bigger than a lot of people even realize. Yeah. Um, you've got The Last of Us happened. The Last of Us 2 is coming. Like These are all huge, like, people that don't know anything about video games know about Uncharted these games. video games. The Uncharted games, I mean, these are all household names, whether you play Sony or not, whether you play video games or not, you've seen some meme about boy. <laughs> I mean... This is true. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. And that's that's a testament to the quality of the games that Sony is making, and, and they're pushing those quality products. And I get it. Microsoft came out and was like, yeah, 50 titles, some with exclusivity, some without, but look, 50 titles on our stage. I don't care whose stage it's announced on. Right. I, I don't care that Devil May Cry was announced on Microsoft's stage. It's playable on everybody's <laughs> console. Exactly. I don't care that Sekiro was on Microsoft's stage. It's I'm going to play it on my PC. Um, it... I think a lot of people kind of got confused and were like, oh, well, Microsoft wins because they had so many games. Did they? I mean, They just got the right they? to show them first. Right. That's really all it was. And they threw a dozen indie titles at the wall and said, exclusive! Okay, don't. I love indie games. What Remains of Edith Finch is one of my favorite games. That is a fantastic experience. Um, but you can't give me 12 indie titles and say, well, yeah, our exclusives are on par with Sony. Uh, nope. Well, you can see by them buying five more studios that are pretty much indie-based studios for the most part. And yeah, and then Playground Games, who already made titles just for them. I mean, there's no... It's right. not like that was a huge acquisition. It's not like they were like, hey, we acquired FromSoft. No, right. you got a studio that already makes games for you. Right? And they're just going to continue making the same racing game for you. But it's interesting because if you think about it, they did announce uh, Ninja Theory, but Ninja Theory's doing Neo 2. And obviously that was on Sony's stage. 
Yeah. So it's just it's a little confusing, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Is it but Ninja I, Theory I, or is I, I it Team Ninja right. doing Neo? I think you're right, Team Ninja. Who, yeah, who, Ninja who, Theory who, is the team that did uh, uh, Hellblade. Send you a sacrifice, okay. which right. was which also well, was it did start on PlayStation though, and then right. you know, PlayStation PC, and then it came to Xbox. So I don't know, I don't know, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, and like I've gone too far the other direction, and I'm like hyper negative on Microsoft now because I've right. gone back the other way. But I I don't feel like I am. I feel like I am in uh, impartial, like in the right here. Like hey. You guys were the hotness, like putting out video games on video games on video games, and now it's just like. eh. Well, the big thing too is they have franchises that they're sitting on. You know, I had many discussion with several other journalists around me. You know, while we were waiting for the conference, and you know, oh, what game would you like to hear from? You know, we're bringing out franchise names like Perfect Dark, this, that, you know, Conquer. And it's just like you can go on and on, but it's like they're just sitting on stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason is. You know, I mean, what it comes down to when you have a game like Crackdown, and you know it's getting delayed, and it got to- everybody got told it was being delayed before the show happened. Everybody said they better have something. You know, Halo's not enough because you didn't even get gameplay. No, you don't even you have no idea when it's coming out. Yeah, and Halo Five was. Absolute train wreck of a story, sure. Best multiplayer since Halo 3, but a train wreck of a campaign. Lost their mind with these new Halo campaigns. But I'm supposed to just take your word for it that this is going to be Master Chief's greatest story ever? Eh. Sure. Okay, prove it to me. Sure. Well, then you have stuff like Gears of War where, you know, the character focus continuously changes. Yeah. In my opinion, I think a big part of that is because nobody's really drawn to characters. Yeah. You don't have, I mean, you know, you had Marcus for a while. Obviously, he's yeah. there. He, you know, he's Marcus and Dom there. were huge for me in one and two. Then right. three was, right. was Hinky. And then Judgment, they were like, yeah, we're going to focus on Baird and go kind of backwards. And then this one now is focused on, they change. You're right, they change every game. And it's like, I, I have no attachment. The gameplay is going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be rock solid third person shooter, but there's no emotional investment for me here. Right. I mean, I think it's cool that they have put a female character front and center. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have Phoenix's son there that, to me, watching the trailer, I'm like, all right, he's become secondary douchebag. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't finish four, and that's because, again, I wasn't invested. Yeah, you know, I played it. I played it. I forced myself, and I'm like, "This is boring." You know, yeah, it's you know, bloody, gory. It's it's solid, sixty frames, all that good stuff. But it's like it didn't keep my attention. So and I would rather see a new game than a five or a what seven for <laughs> Halo. What is that you got? So Halo, Halo two, Halo three. You had ODST, Reach, 4, 5. So, I mean, this is technically Halo 8. Oh, and you got Wars 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, Wars 1 and 2, but, like, even just, like, kind of main story games, even if you don't count ODST, still 7, 8. Like, at some point, 
I would just like to see something new. Well, you could have got a Halo Funko. Yeah, it's true. Yep. You really could have. Could have. Could have done that. I you, just. You know what? That would have saved the show for you, probably. <laughs> would have done it. <laughs> uh, I and although I have, I've accumulated more Funkos. And I don't know how it happened. I only ever had the one. I had my. Oh, I know. I had my Dark Souls one, and then like I decided to get the Night King on his dragon for the desk at work. And then we had, like, the Deadpool Bob Ross. I was like, oh, well, i got to get Deadpool Bob Ross because it's so special. And then, like, Lord of the Rings pops started showing up, and now I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I, I need to stop. It's bad. I mean, pretty much, it's funny because we both started the same place, Dark Souls. As I bought it, I opened it, threw the box out. I'm like, cool, I'm keeping it. I got one. I gave the wife one. I gave her Tina Belcher. And I nice. had those, yeah, I had those on my on my display before we moved, and then Kingdom Hearts came out. Sons of bitches. Then they came out with the variants, like they always do. And the store <laughs> exclusives. Uh, once again, sons of bitches. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't go crazy with them, but you know, if we got stuff like for you know, I know the Resident Evil ones came out, but they didn't really like wow me. Mm-hmm. But uh, for some reason, I got really interested in the ready player one you know the main two characters yeah and then of course sons of bitches exclusives so they both have like a copper version of them yep and i grabbed them i was like you know what they were easy to get maybe they'll be worth something later i know funkos are like hit or miss with that yeah but then uh at e3 i had a, a friend on facebook reach out to me and she's a big funko collector and like she she enters contests to win like the prototypes and stuff. She's like big into it. So I was like, you know, all right, what do you want? And then she's like, oh, there's two exclusives. I'm like, oh my God. So apparently there was like two crazy, uh, 1500 of each. That was it, which was a cuphead. It was the, um, yeah, that new chalice. Yeah, exactly. And then it was a, um, super shadow from Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. So, you know, Tuesday came, I had a 20-minute gap between my uh, events, and I walked by. I said, maybe I'll walk by and see how the line is. It seemed a little long, but it didn't seem like New York Comic Con long. So I ended up sitting, and I got up there, and I missed the shadow by, like, four. Four people got the last one. Disappointing. They're they're like, you can come back at two. I'm like, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah, no. So I grabbed the chalice for her, but it it just shows you, man. Like, it's... It's a frenzy. It's crazy. And uh, Netflix actually has a whole movie on the company, which is it's a pretty cool watch. If you, if oh, you yeah. have some time, I, I, I definitely appreciated watching that and didn't realize how long the company has been around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's know, super interesting for me. Like the biggest thing is just they're so plain, you know, but again, we're suckers. That's well, see, to me, that's where that's where I differ. I, all the ones that I've got are not, and I think that's why I buy the ones that I do. Like I don't buy plain ones, and I don't ever leave them sealed. Like the one, the couple that I buy, I open them up. But like I got, I got a Sauron from Lord of the Rings, and he's got the Ring of Power on his finger. He's got his little mace, and his armor is like super crazy detailed. There's yeah. just there's so much to it. It's not. I don't like the plain ones. It's got to be. It's got to be something special well, and sense. unique with some substance. 
and has to well, look the, really cool. Right, the Dark Souls one was definitely a, a good example of that. Exactly. Well, you know, but yeah, of course, you know, for me, Kingdom Hearts knows no bounds. Uh, they, they, they get me. The only yep. thing they won't get me on is like stickers and. and I can do stickers. No. I mean, I even have like those little blind packs that they sell at GameStop. Like mm-hmm. the, the little figs. I have almost all of them. Why? I couldn't tell you. I mean, anyway, yeah. slap the name Dark Souls on something and I buy it. There's this no... is true. I mean, I did take plenty of pictures for you, and you were like, oh, "I already, I already ordered that." Yeah. <laughs> yep. All the uh, the fan gamer figures, along with the shirts and the pins, and there's some new uh, two new collectible figures coming from GameStop that I've ordered. Um, if it's if it's Dark Souls, I I pretty much just buy it. Right, and then you have a uh, statue coming from me in the mail. Yeah. Very soon. What's so, his name again? Artorius. That is yes. Artorius of the Abyss. But, so, funny funny thing, I've got the Farron Knight, which is the Volume 1 of that collection. Artorius is the Volume 2. And then that Black Knight that I ordered is Volume 3 of that same collection. Got so I'll, I'll have there's, everything. There's only one figure in each, yeah. I guess? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think I have the one that I see behind you for those that are... You know, listening, I'm looking at his uh, back wall and I see a figure. So there are quite a few <laughs> yeah. of them back there. Yeah, and then you have the Dark Souls Three Collector's Edition figure, right? The Soul is it Soul Ascender? Yeah, I've got the Dark Souls Two Collector Edition, Dark Souls Three Collector's Edition. You didn't get that one. That one particular, the one that we tried finding in stores. Uh, the crazy big uh, the prestige the big, one, yeah. What, what, what was the bad guy's name with the big? It's uh, Yorm, yeah, yeah, Yorm the giant. Yeah, it was. I think the collector's edition, the prestige edition, was like eight hundred dollars, like retail when it launched, oh, and just... they were sold out within like two hours. And then you can find the figure now online, but people are selling it for fifteen hundred dollars. And I'm not going to pay a mortgage payment for a figure. It's really cool, right. but now there there is a line. That uh, will get me divorced, so I don't cross that line. This is true, smart man, smart man. Yeah. All right. So, what else can we discuss about E3? I don't know, man. That pretty much uh, pretty much covers the the big bits, and we are uh, coming up on time here. Is there anything else you want to add? Just closing about the show. No, I mean I think uh, ultimately, if if you can attend, you know the public thing. I know everybody's. Very skeptical on that, you know, from the industry side, because it is supposed to be an industry uh, only show. I get that. But, you know, if they're going to keep it open to the public, if you have the money, it doesn't hurt to experience it once. It's something I would encourage. It is something that if you're a gamer and you love, you know, and you, you know, games, you get excited with with announcements. It's that's the place to be for that. You know what I mean? People were losing their minds and. It was a good feeling, you know. I felt I felt at home. I didn't feel embarrassed to, you know, pretty much have tears in my eyes when that first Kingdom Hearts trailer came on because I've seen the game. I know it exists, but it's just a feeling that you can't describe when you're passionate about a franchise. And the goosebumps that I got, like I was showing the guys next to me, I'm like, look at my arms, you know, when when Resident Evil came on, and it was just one of those things that, you know, you can't replicate a memory like that. So. I think that I cherish every moment I was out there. It was it was definitely it's a long, challenging week. You know, you have to be able to endure, stay hydrated, take lots of vitamin C, 
you have to make sure you have hand sanitizer at all times <laughs> and literally clean your hands like every 10 minutes. And that's, 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 that's too much of a gap, you know, like, because unfortunately people are just dirty. Yeah. People are super gross. You know, you're playing games and somebody definitely picked their ass and (laughs) (laughs) on the controller. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely, you know, boogers, whatever it may be. So those are the tips that I give. Um, I want to bring up the fact that, you know, we're going to be getting the show on the road again. You know, like I said, starting year two, um, we had some giveaways that we did not get to give away last year. So I want to remind people that we do have some stuff we want to give away. We, uh, we look for input on how you think we can give stuff away. I mean, we can come up with stuff, but we love getting the feedback. We used to get so much feedback before. We really appreciate that. But um, first, most important giveaway that we have is if you look up Spitfire Labs, this is a company that creates um, laser etched wood design, uh, different you know picture frames, artwork. Um, they did a series of NES controllers. So picture the size of an NES controller, completely made of wood. Hand, uh, it's carved with like tons of artwork within the inside layer of the backing. The buttons are individual pieces of wood. It's, it's a sight to be seen. We'll be sure to link it within uh, the podcast as well. Um, Spitfire Labs last year was very kind enough to actually hook us up with a Legend of Zelda controller that has actually been out of print since last year uh, that we've been holding on for a giveaway. And it actually comes with a one-of-a-kind stand for the controller that has our Press for Time logo on the back, which is something that I just, I would love to keep for myself, but I would love a fan to be able to uh, win that. So that's something we want to be able to give away uh, in the near future. And then I'm considering uh, some E3 swag that I got. I got couple little things here and there, nothing, nothing too crazy. And, you know, I got, uh, a vault, a vault cup, fallout cup, a bunch of different things. You know, we can post some pictures. We'll get the, uh, Twitter feed going again. And if you guys show interest, you know, we'll give some stuff away. We'll have some fun with it. So as usual, thank you guys so much for coming back and taking a listen. And we love, we'd love to talk for you guys. So Tyler, you got anything else for everybody? Nope, you uh, you about said it all, brother. It's good to good to be back and kind of knocking things out, and we'll get back on track and move forward. Yeah, we we thank you guys. Uh, remember, press for time. It's it's our lives. We do the best we can with what we got, but we are going to push forward and make sure we get some more content out for you guys. Be sure to follow us on gamingage.com. Uh, Twitter, we have our Twitter handles. Mine is at it's Benny Rose. Tyler, yours is at that games guy. Pretty straightforward. And um, you know, again, we'll be revisiting our podcast uh, Twitter account so we can start getting that going again. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Ga underscore press for time. There you go. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We won't keep you guys any longer. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you very soon.